0: You are listening to the V-Backlink podcast, special episode 11. Today, Julie and I are going to be doing a little Q&A with you. We are excited to be talking a little bit more about us and our careers as a doula, what we've seen, what's been hard, what has been kind of fun, and all of that fun stuff. So, right away, let's get going.
1: The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: Okay, Julie, are you excited? I am so excited. I'm there are excited. some good questions. <laughs> we haven't done a Q&A for a little while, yeah. so this is going to be fun, and these are some great questions. So we will both be answering today. So number one is what is it like to be a doula and have to manage your kids and being a mom and a business owner? So it's kind of a long question. A lot of it, a lot of things. Yeah. But what is it like managing? Oh my God, We've got little ones at home, both yeah. of us. Yeah. So
2: while we're recording, like today, my kids are five three, two, and almost one,
0: which sounds nuts. Oh my gosh. Five, three, like two, five, three,
2: two, and almost one. That's mine will nuts. be
0: seven, almost five, and no, five. And three. And almost three, three. Almost three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. You, and any crazy. Seven, five, and three.
2: So man, you guys, we could not be doulas without a solid support team behind us. So I'll just talk a little bit about how I manage, and then Megan can talk about how she manages. Because, guys, Megan, if you didn't already know this, is a machine. She gets more <laughs> done in a day than I even dream about in, in a month. And I'm not I'm even going to energize your bunny sometimes. I'm like, we talk on the phone, and I'm like, I'm just going to take a nap. And, and then I take a nap for like an hour, and then I wake up, and Megan's like, conquered the world. Oh, no. Attended five births. <laughs> Taking <laughs> her kids to gymnastics, oh. like all of those things. I did. We I just laugh about it. We just it. live
0: a busy life, that's yes. for sure.
2: <laughs> so four kids under six, guys, it's a little crazy. And being a doula and being on call makes it a little crazy. So the first thing that I do to make sure that I am not overextending myself or my family is I really limit the amount of clients I take. So I just take one to two clients a month. And the only exception to that would be if I had a repeat client because I will always take repeat clients. I think I'll be a grandma still taking <laughs> repeat clients because those repeat clients are super near and dear to my heart. So that's the first thing I do is I make sure that the amount of time I need to find on-call childcare care is, is really not as frequent so that I don't burn out my on-call babysitters. And then... The second thing that I do is I make sure that I have a really good slew of people lined up that can help me. So my first go-to is a sweet little young woman that lives on the street behind me, and she is 15 years old. And she's homeschooled. So I just let her and her mom know whenever I am on call. And whenever I have a client texting me saying, hey, I'm like losing mucus plug or I'm having some contractions or whatever it is, I always update them. And then usually she'll be able to come over. Uh, As soon as I need her. And it takes her like three minutes to get to my house. So it's great. Um, If she's not available, I have a few other people in the community that I can call and talk to and send my kids to. And of course, I have my kindergartner who I have one particular neighbor who also has a kindergartner on call to be ready to go and pick him up or drop him off. To school if he needs to. So I I don't know how it works out, but it always works out. Oh my gosh, I can't even forget to tell you my amazing husband and his amazing job. He has pretty flexible schedule, so he can work from home. So a lot of times I'll just call him home if I'm know I'm going to be headed to a birth, and he can be home with the kids while he's working, which he doesn't love, but. It's manageable, but I have never had to miss a birth because of childcare or being a mom, um, and being a business owner, you know, it, it all works out. And, uh, one time I was talking to Megan, I'm like, my life is very ADD right now. <laughs> I do things in like five minute chunks, do the dishes for five minutes, type a blog for five minutes. <sighs> <laughs> Play with the kids for five minutes, clean off the table for five minutes, do the laundry for five minutes, break up a fight for five minutes. I live my, live my life like five minutes at a time, and that's how I make it work. Megan, why don't you tell everyone? Because Megan is a lot busier of a doula than I am. Like I said, she is a machine.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm necessarily a machine, but like I said, I just kind of am an energizer bunny. It's really just how I've been my whole life. I just kind of am a go, go, go all the time. And if I'm not going, I'm either really sick or something's wrong. So (laughs) I think a lot of people say, like, how do you do it? How are you so busy? And I think it's just I'm just used to it. So um, like I said, I do have three kids. My oldest daughter is in gymnastics and dance. And so is my other daughter. And then we've got school and all that stuff. So it can get pretty hectic when a mom calls and I have no idea who's going to pick my daughters up from school or I've got dance and gymnastics that night. And so what? one of the biggest things for me that has helped me, and this sadly isn't something that I figured out right away, I started, I tried to get an on-call babysitter Went on care.com mm-hmm. and interviewed a slew of babysitters, found a couple great ones. They said they'd all be great on Call Babysitters. That was cool. Well, Just like, you know, a lot of people find out with the on-call life. Mm -hmm. It's not ideal. (laughs) It's not ideal. And so, and I had to understand that, you know, they couldn't just wait around Mm -hmm. for me to call them whenever. Because, you know, sometimes moms do go into labor at night. And if my husband's available, I'm not going to pay a babysitter. (laughs) So um, one of the ways that I have managed is I have found a college student um, who truly is very available and she helps me so much and so that has taken a lot of stress off of me another thing is I have an amazing friend community my friends in my neighborhood and I just I have amazing friends they save me all the time in fact there's been sometimes I'm out of birth and I don't even know where my kids are at and who's, you know, who's texting who to pick up this person? But I just, I'm confident that it all works out and, you know, is figured out. So my support team as well, like she said, we could never be doulas without the support team that we have. And my husband, when my husband worked a nine to five job, he was very flexible and, you know, he would come home whenever I needed him. But now that he's in law school, it's not so easy. So he supports me completely completely. But he is just less available. So I'm so grateful for these people that I can call and and count on, you know, taking so-and-so to gymnastics or picking them up from school. And um, so it's been really, really nice. And, you know, as a business owner, I've been a doula for now for almost, yeah, four and a half years, um, almost at this point. And it took me a long time in the beginning to really figure out how I wanted to balance my life and things were slower and now the uh, doula business in general and doula client taking you know doula clients it's a little bit more hectic um <laughs> because i've taken a little bit more than i probably tell him, should tell them how many <laughs> you had the most in what the month i had 10 right in 10 october in october and i made this it to like all of them last october guys it was amazing yeah but um <laughs> Yeah, and I don't normally take 10, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so 3 to 4 is really good. You know, 5 is totally doable. But without my support system, I just don't know how I would have been able to do it. And honestly, my kids, you guys, my kids are amazing. Because even though I may not be at a birth, um, especially now with the podcast stuff, you know, we've got podcast interviews and we've got doula interviews and prenatals and... Blogs to write and manuals to write and courses to do. And so my kids have been amazing and have truly allowed me to be the businesswoman today that I am. So awesome. my support team. Yeah. 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 All right. Next
2: question. Megan, what was your most exciting
0: experience as a doula? Man, I I saw this question on the agenda tonight and I was thinking, what? what is the Like, most exciting experience. I've had so, so many really exciting experiences. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, just birth. I think one of the most recent, uh, it was really exciting, but nerve-wracking at the very same time, (laughs) Um, was a mom who transitioned quite quickly. And yeah, so we she was in the tub, and she was laboring beautifully, and we saw a shift, and I asked her how she, what she was feeling, and, and she, you know, she was starting to say she couldn't do it, which we know as doulas, that's a sign that sometimes things are getting really close, <laughs> and um, transitions happening, and, and so I continued to watch her, and, you know, I said, you know, why don't we, you're safe here, you're okay, but why don't we, like, start making our way, getting out of the tub, start making our way to the hospital, and And she was like, okay, that sounds good. So we got her out and dried her off. And we were just about ready to put her, well, we got her underwear on. And we were just ready to put her skirt on and her water broke. And everything happened. Quite a shift. And so I didn't even let her get dressed. (laughs) Um, I just gave her a big towel of a loincloth. And we put her in the car. And I called the hospital and let them know we were on our way. And we got there and had a baby. So that was one of the the most exciting, one of the most exciting things. It was so exciting. Like she is doing it. Like she's doing everything she wanted. She really did want to, you know, labor at home as long as possible. And she got that exact thing. And, um, we got there safe and sound and had a baby and it was beautiful, but that was a really, really exciting moment and stressful at the same time as in, in the back seat and we're all going, doing horse <laughs> lips <lich> together <laughs> so that was kind of an exciting moment
2: well shoot i was gonna tell my experience about crazy car ride <laughs> um, car rides are
0: yeah, fun and exciting are, and, and
2: nerve-wracking yeah you have squeezes oh <laughs> yeah trying to keep that baby in until you can get to the hospital so yeah okay so Like Megan, man, you know every birth I think is exciting. So exciting! Just just driving there, happy moment. Yeah, you know it's just so much, so much good happens, and and it's really exciting. But I think perhaps one of the experiences that sticks out in my mind the most was a mom who was having a home birth, and this was her third baby, and she. Her first birth was a traumatic hospital birth, and then her second birth was a traumatic home birth transfer. And so she had a few triggers, and she really did not want to be um, transferred to the hospital again. She really wanted to have a beautiful home birth experience. And I remember I got there, and she was just laboring beautifully and perfectly. And we were friends by this point, as I get to be pretty good friends with most of my clients. And she was just laboring, and we were having a good time. And I knew obviously a lot of her history and her trauma surrounding her birth. And it got to the point where she was she was struggling. And I think she was entering transition, but she was she was not handling it very well. But she, she actually slowed her labor down because of how hard she was working between contractions telling us, like, I want to go to the hospital. I want to transfer right now. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. And so I remember, like I said, she was really struggling, but I knew she didn't want a, home- a transfer. I knew she was progressing beautifully. I knew that baby was safe. She had a really good home birth midwife taking care of her and I I just knew that if we would have transferred her, she would have really regretted it. So I sat down and talked to her. I looked her straight in the face. And I don't do this every client, so don't, don't think I'm crossing a line here. But you learn kind of where your boundaries are mm-hmm. with each client. And you, as a doula, you just you adapt to that. And you respond to that. And you interact based on their personality and your relationship level. So I looked her dead in the eyes and I said, listen. And this was a, a doula. She was also a doula, which you cannot doula yourself. You cannot doula you yourself. You can It doesn't work. Laborland is a funny place in your head. Um, mm-hmm. I said you are a doula. What you are doing is slowing down your progress. And I want. This is what I want you to do. I said for one hour. Give me one hour, and you can yell and scream and swear and curse and throw a fit while you're having a contraction. But between contractions, I need you to stop talking. I need you to focus on taking deep breaths in and out. And then when another contraction starts, you can yell and scream and freak out and swear and tell, tell us how awful we are for not taking you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then when the contraction is done, be quiet, take nice deep breaths because you are slowing your labor down. And I said, and if you still want me to take you to the hospital after one hour from now, I will drive you myself. Midwife and husband can be in the back seat of my car, and I will take you there. And she said, okay. And she did it. And guess what? Her baby was born one hour and two minutes later mm-hmm. at home, beautiful water birth. Um, and it was perfect. And so I think that just sticks out in my mind because I, I, like the midwife had talked to her, her husband had talked to her, nobody was able to get through to her to like calm her down and get her in a good place for labor to progress naturally. But I was able for whatever reason, I was able to connect with her and help her slow down so that she could have a safe and satisfying birth experience. And it really, really reinforced the idea for me about how big of an impact a doula can really have on a birth. So that was my most exciting experience. I would say one of
0: them for sure. That is so awesome. All right. Okay. So the next question is, what was your most difficult moment as a doula? Oh my gosh.
2: Difficult moment as a doula. You know, as a doula, sometimes you see and hear things that providers and nurses are doing that you know is either just a flat out lie or is um, used to cause fear or is just misinformation. And a doula's place is not to stand up and yell at all the people and tell everyone all the things in the birth room it, or it's not your job as a doula to tell somebody that their provider sucks, has a high C-section <laughs> rate and you will never have a you know a, a a a happy birth experience with them because because it's their birth. It's just it's their birth and it's not your job to stand up and advocate because then you create a negative birth space for them and then everyone comes in the birth room, ready to fight with the doula. And that is not something you want in your birth space. It's just not, I promise you. So probably one of the hardest moments with me was when um, I had a client who went to the hospital. She didn't call me. She she texted me and it was like one o'clock in the morning. And so I I always tell my clients to just call me instead of text because I do not hear text messages when I'm sleeping. She was... In early-ish labor, her baby was posterior. We'd known that for a while, and I tried to help her get baby in a good position. She just wasn't ready to do the things, I think, that were required of that. And so she gets to the hospital, gets an epidural when she's 2 centimeters dilated, and by the time I get her text messages, she's, like, already been with epidural for for several hours. And so it gets to the point where she's having very slow progression and I knew this particular docular at this particular hospital, and I knew that she had a very high C-section rate and the hospital has a very high C-section rate also. And so I could see that things were kind of heading that way. And so she was really scared. And I, I told her, I'm like, listen, we can, we can try and turn you on your side and flip back to other sides or try and do positions with the epidural or we can ask the anesthesiologist to come back in here and turn the epidural off so that it will wear off and so that we can get you in a better position to get your baby actually descending. And she decided to do that. And so the anesthesiologist came in and turned the epidural off and slowly she started feeling the contractions again and they were really intense. She, you know, they hooked her up to Pitocin because, you know, labor wasn't progressing fast enough for their standard and all sorts of things. So she had all the interventions. And so contractions, when you're coming off an epidural and you have Pitocin, it's not very happy experience. And so she was struggling to to cope through them. And we were doing everything we could. We got the squat bar out. We got, you know, turn around on our hands and knees. We were doing counter pressure, her husband and I, and we were doing all of these things to try and get the baby to engage. And then the OB comes in and she was pissed. She was pissed. She came in and I'm going to talk about some obstetric violence right now. So if you are not, if that would be a trigger for you, you should probably just skip forward a minute or two. <laughs> but she came in to the birth room and she said, I can't believe that you guys are doing this. I have delivered over 5,000 babies and not once has this ever worked. And I need to do a cervical check right now, right now, right now. And she's like, I can't believe you're doing this. She just kept saying that over and over. And my client is clearly through going through a contraction and really struggling. And, And this OB was just ranting about how pissed off she was that we turned off the epidural Mm. and how unnecessary it was and how it wasn't going to be working and how she was going to end up in a C-section anyways, no matter what we did. And then my client was trying to cope through contractions, just coming off the epidural with Pitocin. And she gets right up in my client's face and she says, this was a bad idea. You should not have done this. I have never seen this work, like waving her finger in my Mm. client's face. Mm. And she said... She said, I need to do a cervical check on you right now. And my client was like, can we wait until this contraction's over? And the doctor puts her gloves on and said, no, we need to do a cervical check right now during a contraction. And so the provider sticks her hand in there, does a cervical check. My client is like screaming. Because she's so uncomfortable. And the provider looks at the nurse and she's like, this cervix is swollen. Was this cervix swollen before you turned off the epidural? And the nurse was like, yeah. And she's like, well, it's even more swollen now. And she oh. like rips her hand out and takes her gloves off. And she's like, we're going to have to do a C-section right now and like walks out of the room.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: And you hear stories about this all the time. Like you, not all the time, I guess. They're not too common but like they're not too rare either and my client was just crying and miserable and we turned the epidural back on and you know we got the baby out and and she went you know she went back for a c-section and it was my very first c-section as a doula and and it was really hard to to witness her go through an experience like that and be treated like that in the birth space when there's like nothing I could really do about it I was pretty helpless
0: standing there watching that happen. Wow, that would be really hard. Yeah, that'd be really, really hard. One of the hardest times for me as a doula was a birth that... I'm like going to try not to cry right now. (laughs) It just happened this last year, in 2018, I guess, technically, last year. So I had a, had a, a phone call one day from someone and I missed it and the voicemail she left a voicemail and said hi I'm calling I'm looking for a doula for my daughter if there's any way you can call me back um, we'd love we'd love for you to call me back and and uh, so th- that wasn't too alarming to me. I've had moms and mother-in-laws actually call me and say, hey, like I'm looking for a doula for my daughter and my son or, you know. So I said, okay. So I called and um, the, the conversation I had with this amazing woman uh, was one that I did not expect. Um, it was in regards, she did, she wanted a doula for her daughter who was having twins and was due pretty soon. And her daughter's husband, her son-in-law, had cancer and was not expected to live and make it to the delivery. So they were trying to find a doula, someone who was educated and understood birth that could be there with her. And, you know, I, I had had things where the dad wasn't present. Like I had been to many, many births where the dad wasn't able to be there. And so the dad not being there wasn't necessarily different, but this was a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And um, so she said she wanted to meet me, and and I was excited to meet them. And so uh, the day I went to go meet them, I drove up to the Cancer Institute here in Utah, and driving up there, it was heavy on my heart. It was heavy on my heart, and I didn't know what to expect. And walking into down this hall, winding down this hall, and then up and to this other hall. And I didn't even know where I was going. And you know I finally I find this this room, and I have no idea what to expect on the other side. I'm excited to meet um, this family. you know, I've been talking to them on the phone. and so I knock on the door and i I walk in, and you know her husband's there, and her family's there, and his family's there. and and we meet and we chat. And it was amazing. It was so amazing. And I left, and I just wanted to work with them so bad. And um, I was excited, and but also my heart was heavy. And um, anyway, so I ended up working with them, and the dad was not doing super great, not super strong, but um, was able to attend the birth. And so I think emotionally that was one of the hardest births for me. Yeah. It was a birth that that I will never forget ever. Some crazy stuff happened during the birth um, which kind of made it hard, but you know I had to stay professional and make sure that I I was there for for this mom. So that would probably be one of the the hardest moments for me as a doula and I would say it was m- more hard emotionally because I really attached myself to this family like I do all families. But yeah, it was it was hard. And then um when the husband passed away, that was that was a hard night. Mm. That was a hard night. My yeah. my dual heart broke. And mm. I had actually just gotten back from a birth mm. and then heard about his passing and so I'd say that was one of the hardest for me.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy mm. cow. Um wow, those are some heavy questions. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> Well, let's pick it back up, I guess. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's do it.
0: Um, Megan, what is the best gift a client has ever given you? So there have been some fun gifts. And, you know, as a doula, I never expect a gift. To me, a gift, the gift of anyone, you know, is being at their birth. That is such a gift. But if I were to break it down and actually, you know, talk about gifts, you know, in general, besides, of course, welcoming me into their birth space. I would say, I mean, there's so many fun things, t-shirts and mugs and gift cards and cards and so many fun things. But even, you know, one one of the things that means so much to me and makes me just seriously smile is a review. I love seeing reviews come in. It's so fun to, you know, you you meet with, you do the birth and you go in, you meet with them in the postpartum and it's so fun and you're so close with them. And then to have this random review notification on Google or on iTunes or on Facebook or, you know, all these platforms come in. It is just, it's one of the best gifts I feel like I receive as a dual doula. So I have, I have a few, but... Maybe I'll read, I mean, there's, some of them are long and it's so, it's so fun to read them, you guys. Okay. So this is one I'll read one. Do you want me to read one? Yes. Okay. I'll read one. Okay, it's so funny. I'm like so emotional today. I don't know what it is, but it just like makes me emotional. Okay, so this is from one of my cute, cute clients. Her name's Dana. She is just adorable. And uh, she was pregnant with her first last year in 2018. And she left me a review a couple months after her baby was born. And she said, I have never heard of doulas before. I was pregnant with my first this year. After interviewing three, I called Megan and knew right away that she was per- a perfect fit. I was completely clueless on pregnancy and infant care. Megan was thoughtful, informative, and non judgmental on it, any questions that we had. Having her come to our house to personally educate my husband and myself helped us prepare in a way I didn't know would be so important until I had my baby girl. I was well-informed and had the knowledge of medical procedures, and when I was overwhelmed with any medical terminology, Megan would always jump in to explain and remind the medical team of my requests. I wouldn't have known so many more options were available to me without her. She always had the best, my best interest. Oh my gosh, I cannot read, apparently. <laughs> my husband was skeptical when I first suggested a doula. After meeting her and all the help that she was to my natural birth plan, that went to a C-section, he said that he would suggest her to everyone. Let me tell you guys, this cute dad, he was not sure about a doula at all. And he he came to those prenatals and we chatted and he still, I don't think, was sure. But now we're good buds. Says, I had numerous questions during the course of my pregnancy and Megan had always had given me the chance to even come to my house and try flipping techniques for my baby because her baby went breech. So we went over and did some things says, I had constant support the whole time, and after being a first-time mom, I had a lot of questions. Megan was always right there for me. I am a private person, and with her, it was so easy to open up right away and have the relationship be so natural. The morning of my C-section, it was scary for both my husband and I. Megan kept us both calm and took beautiful pictures during the surgery, and she was constantly checking in with me and my husband, preparing us for what was to happen next, answering any questions we had. My husband and I know the experience we had would have been completely different without her. After surgery, she stayed and helped to help latch and in recovery. If you want someone who is beyond informed and helpful, I don't need to keep boosting my <laughs> myself up. Yeah, but anyway, so she just that's such a long, thoughtful review. Yeah. And when I read that, I just you know I messaged her and I said thank you so much. Like that means the world to me. So that would be one of the biggest gifts is these reviews. And you know, Julie and I talk about it on this podcast all the time. We we love your reviews, you guys. We they really do. They make us smile. So
2: absolutely, yeah. Well, Megan stole mine
0: because... (laughs) Hey, why don't you just read a review?
2: Okay, I will. I'll read it. But honestly, I just... Man, it is nothing touches my heart more than getting a review from somebody who I helped really work hard to get the birth that they absolutely wanted. So Mm -hmm. um, I... uh, I mean, we talk about it so much, but really, and and while you're at it, if you haven't had a chance to leave us a review on Facebook or Apple Podcasts yet, why don't you take a pause right now and um, go ahead and do that because we're We gonna, would love it. We would <laughs> love it. It <laughs> makes our hearts so happy. Yeah. Okay. So my review that I'm going to read is, I just pulled up from a client of mine who had to be induced early because she had um, cholestasis. And so- So, she was amazing. It was such a fabulous (laughs) birth. And, you know, there may be a video out there floating around of me and her doing the Cupid Shuffle while she was in labor. So, she says... I've never met a doula so kind and loving as Julie. She radiates sunshine. While planning my second delivery, I was devastated to find out I had a condition that would force me to be induced three to four weeks early. After every meeting, Julie filled me with encouragement and excitement. She is super knowledgeable and stays on top of all the latest research so I could ask her my endless questions throughout pregnancy. I also love how non-judgmental she is. I felt perfectly comfortable telling her my own choices as we made my birth plan. The day I went in to be induced, I hadn't slept the night before and was lying in bed exhausted for hours on Pitocin waiting for steady contractions. When Julie got there, she brought in energy and excitement, got me on my feet, made it through my whole delivery, having fun and having the peaceful labor I always wanted. Mm. She had great ideas to help my labor progress and help baby move down. I also appreciated that when I was hit with the most horrible pain of my life as baby dropped and hit my tailbone, she supported me when I made the choice to get an epidural and within minutes, I was able to control, push a few times and not tear with my babe. Mm -hmm. It was better than I ever could have imagined. Me and my husband are so thankful for the support she gave us. She is simply wonderful. Oh, you guys, that makes my heart so happy just reading it again and... Knowing that you really help make a difference in helping women get the the birth that they really want is, is just really the best gift.
0: It really is. We love it. Thank you, guys. All right. Megan's turn. Yes. So
2: the next question I have for you is, what is the hardest thing somebody said to you when you were
0: preparing for your own VBAC? So, there there really was a lot of things that people said to me that that hurt, that absolutely hurt. But one of the things that I would say that um, that just was the hardest thing for me was you know choosing to v back. It wasn't necessarily a hard decision for me. I knew that I wanted to v back. And I knew that I could be back, but I didn't really have a lot of people to back me up on that. And when I was telling a friend who I actually thought would really support me in my decision, uh, she shot me right down. Mm. And she asked me if something had happened, if Rick would ever forgive me, my husband. Mm. And it was like, wait, what? Like, whoa what what are you even saying? And you know, she was like, "What if your baby? Like what if something happens to your baby, or what if something happens to you? Like, do you think Rick will forgive you? And I was like, Well, yeah, like, I don't know. like it was so weird. That was a really hard thing for me because then I started questioning myself and my decision again, and I was like, but well, what if something does happen? like would my husband ever forgive me? You know, and so that that created a whole emotional roller coaster for me that didn't need to happen. So that was probably one of the hardest things someone said to me about you know my decision to be back. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So my <laughs>
2: my hardest thing someone said to me is not as much as someone said to me, but something someone did, and. I pray by now my in-laws are listening to this podcast (laughs) because Mm -hmm. the stories about them and I love them so much. They are amazing and incredible people. And really, I I love my in-laws. I adore them. They're fabulous. I have a great relationship with them. But when we decided to switch from a hospital birth to a home birth for my VBAC, which is my second baby, my first VBAC, my father-in-law took my husband out to lunch during work because my mother-in-law told him to talk my husband into talking me out of having a home birth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So my here's my husband at dinner with his dad, or not dinner, lunch, and he is trying to reason with him to talk us go, going back into the hospital. And my husband came home from lunch and told that to me, and I was really surprised because I had offered to answer any questions or I even invited them to a prenatal appointment with me to meet my midwife and all sorts of things. And still, so, oh, and P.S., I was 36 weeks pregnant at this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so then my husband came home, and we invited his parents over to to our house to have a discussion about how things are going to go down. And it was really cool because it was at that moment that I finally realized my husband was actually on board with this whole home birth feedback thing because of the way he talked about it in an educated way and the way he informed his parents and he was confident in our decision. And it wasn't a decision we just made lightly. We actually switched providers halfway through my pregnancy after feeling And honoring our intuition and and putting that trust in there and everything worked out great. But I always joke and tell everyone that my in-laws didn't intervention to talk me out of home birth because that's sure what it felt like. But I'm glad we got it cleared up before baby came and everything was safe and uncomplicated and, and perfect. Definitely. Yeah. But we are going to be doing these Q&A episodes a lot more often. Yeah. So keep sending us your questions. You can send it to us on Instagram, on Facebook. You can email info at the com. And we want to get to know you and we want you to get to know us. So all bets are off. Ask us questions about anything. anything. <laughs> VBAC, back birth-related, not birth-related at all, anything, yeah. at, we are happy to talk to you so that we can get to know each other better as well. And if you haven't already, head over to the website, the com slash shop. And we have all sorts of freebies there for you to download to help you get ready for your own successful VBAC.
1: Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.